Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Spring. Um, How are you today? Super good, because I'm talking to you. It's my favorite. I haven't seen you for like two weeks almost. We've been traveling all over the place. Um, I was just in LA, which I love. If you've never been to Los Angeles, it is a very cool place to visit. And then I found out Spring's going in like a day or something like that. (laughs) Soon, yeah. To visit my best friend there. Yeah. But it's really good to see you again. And it's good to talk with all of our listeners. Um, Thank you for being there. And thank you for helping our show grow. I mean, we're doing it for you. There's no money. There's no money in podcasts. (laughs) True. Um, So, Andrew, um, I wanted to tell you something. I had a friend text me today. Um, It's a friend of mine that she has two little girls and I hang out with her daughters a lot. And the oldest one is seven. And she texted me today saying that her seven-year-old told her that she hates her body and wants to be skinny. That uh, echoes with me. I have, I don't know if you know, I have like five little nieces. Mm -hmm. Um, And at some point, the three older ones have all come and told me the same kind of thing. Like the actual girls come to me and be like, you know, I hate my body. I'm fat. I'm unattractive. Um, And it's really crazy when you start talking like, well, why do you feel that way? And I'm sorry that you got that email from your friend, especially if you're hanging out with those kids. It's heartbreaking to see that kind of stuff happen. It's so upsetting. Do you have any more of the backstory? What happened? Yeah, She told me that um, her daughter's friend told her that she was chubby. And so... I mean, a lot of times we know that, you know, kids will say things that aren't necessarily true. And like this young girl is definitely not chubby. And that that, that shouldn't matter. It doesn't even matter, right? That's not the point of this. But I mean, it's probably this other young girl has either been told that or heard someone else say that or watch some TV shows where friends said that to each other or something, you know, or she's concerned about that in her own body. And so she said that to my daughter, my friend's daughter. Um, but I mean, it's, it's so sad to hear that. And it's so sad at like seven to hear somebody saying that they're upset with their body. And I mean, one of the reasons that we do this show is because we want everyone to love their bodies and have this like, happy, healthy relationship with our bodies. And so that just like really hit today. And I'm so glad that we could actually record today and talk a little bit about it. Well, and really at the end of the day, I I think that all women and all men, but very much women get tons of negative messages about their body starting probably before seven, right? Like starting even younger, there's just these constant negative messages. We did an episode not too long ago about Instagram and how the vast majority of famous Instagram people show you pictures that are not real, right? Like that, that's a fantasy and I'm, that's damaging to young people. But I mean, imagine, I mean, 
Of course, right. We've all had someone, someone who's close to us, someone who we thought was our friend, tell us something that really hurts our self-esteem um, and changes the way that we think about ourselves forever, right? Mm. So now there's this seven-year-old kid, or in my case, it was like a nine, an eight, and a six-year-old niece who all have said some really disturbing things. And I think it's important that we're, I mean, I mean, the people that we're talking to, I don't, I, I do not think that our show is listened to by children. Um, if you are a child and you're listening to us, welcome. We say a lot of adult <laughs> naughty things, especially me. Um, so if you have any questions, just let us know. Um, no, but I think it's really important uh, to start conversations early. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, I don't know, it's really sad and it's really depressing. And I never want to feel powerless about it. But I think that, you know, it, it, those messages are strong and they're hard to kind of navigate. And I'm glad that your friend had you in her life because I'm sure that you sent her some good advice. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's what you said about like, you know, somebody tells you something and that really stays with you. And I mean, I think that we can all be more conscious of that. One of my good friends told me that one of her colleagues said that she had baby legs and she doesn't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. Baby legs, baby, uh, Maybe oh, she was I know what that means. Chubby. It's not nice. Yeah. Like, I, babies have fat legs and there's like weird folds on their knees and yeah. ankles. And, but like, also this is a friend who does, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. But like my friend told me that, you know, she thinks of that every time she sees her legs now, because somebody said that one time. And that is, that is like the power of words. Like it is, it means so much what we say to ourselves and what we say to other people. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I would really like people to start observing a little more is the words that they are using in both places and the words that they're using, what they're talking to their friends about what they say to their friends and people in their lives and what they're saying in their own head about their own bodies. I mean, it kind of brings me back to one of my personal life philosophies that you helped me really figure out what it is. Um, but I use my words really carefully and I, I like shine theory, like my whole thing yeah. in my life with all of the people around me, um, even people who I don't necessarily like is that I'm only going to say things that build them up and make them shine because like words can hurt, but words can also really make someone stronger and happier and healthier. I don't know. Um, well, we need to come back and do a whole episode, though, about <laughs> like what can you do to make someone feel better? Because that's not I mean, this is related to our question for the day. And today we have another three parter. Um, last week we were talking about erections when people don't want them or not understanding erections. Um and we've also had a whole bunch of questions come in about vaginas. Um, vaginas! And we both love to talk about vaginas and uh, the questions that come in. Some of them are fun and some of them are happy questions. Like, where is the clip? We've had those kind of questions come in. But today, this is a three-parter. Are you ready for it, Spring? I'm so ready for it. I'm ready to talk about bodies. So, question number one uh, is, I hate my vagina it looks weird and smells weird. Uh, How can I not be grossed out by my body? Uh, so this is, I, I don't know if this is a woman. This could be a woman. This could be a trans man. Um, 
for the purposes of our episode, we'll talk about it mostly from the female perspective, but this is someone who has a vagina and they don't like it. They think it looks weird and it smells weird and they don't want to be grossed out by their own body anymore. It's kind of a really sad question, but it relates to what we were talking about earlier too. Um, The second is from a man. Um, Vaginas mystify me. I don't understand my girlfriends and want to be a better boyfriend and sex partner. What can I do? Right. So this is, I think, a, a nice sort of like positive question. Like there's this thing. I don't know anything about it, but I want to be better. It's great. Um, the third question that we're going to be talking about today is I only like vaginas for sex. Periods and birth gross me out and I want nothing to do with them. My girlfriend is mad at me for telling her this. Am I the a-hole? <laughs> I think that's pretty funny because that's a whole great big Reddit meme right now. Like, am I the a-hole? People post questions. I wish someone posted this question to Reddit because I would be all over it. But more than a 20 to 30 minute response um okay so those are our three questions for today where where do you want to start okay so i mean let's start with the first one um i hate my vagina it looks weird smells weird how can i not be grossed out by my own body um i mean so first i mean can i just do a little correction first sure um i doubt that you know what your vagina looks like because that vagina is the internal part the internal structure, right? So the outer structure would be the vulva. So it's probably the vulva that you think looks weird. (laughs) Let's just keep reminding people of like these terms. So we really start to understand. The outside with the lips and all of that is the vulva. The internal to be part is the vagina. Yeah. Um, Whenever I get the question that like genitals look weird, I'm like, uh, yeah, they, they all all vaginas look weird. All penises look weird. All scrotums look weird. All taints look weird. I'm not saying weird isn't beautiful. <laughs> and by the taint, it's also known as the grundle or like between the vagina and the anus or between the vulva and the anus or between the balls and the anus. I don't know. It, it all looks Perineum. weird. What? Perineum. Perineum. Yes. Perineum. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, they're covered up. We don't see them very frequently unless you're looking like Michelangelo's David's penis, which is like beautifully carved out of marble. Of course, it looks a little funny. And even and even that statues, pubes and penis and balls look a little bit weird. Yes. Sure. So, I mean, let's let's just talk about like normalizing that, though. Right. So, like, we think that they look strange, maybe because we're comparing it to I'm not sure what, um, or maybe because we haven't seen a lot of them. Um, I think, you know, one of the things, the more that you see, whether like, I mean, there's some great books that have, you know, just like tons of pictures of like different genitalia where you can just like see like the differences and the varieties of what genitalia look like. Um, There's some great ones specifically of vulvas. We'll make sure that we link one inside of the notes of the episode. So if you want, you can take a look. Um, I think one of the issues might be that uh, most of the time when people are seeing vaginas or penises, they're seeing ones in pornography, right? And in pornography, there's only one kind of vagina and really only one kind of penis allowed, right? And that's the the whole any versus outie nonsense or... When you see a vagina in pornography, it's just like seeing an Instagrammer on Instagram. 
it's fake. It's photo retouched. There's makeup on it. There's been plastic surgery maybe on it to make everything look one specific way. And if yours doesn't look like that, it's the same as you not looking like an Instagrammer, right? The Instagrammer who posts that weird picture of themselves is the person who looks weird because they're plastic and fake and artificial. The vaginas that you see in pornography are much more likely to be that vagina as well. Like vulva, vagina, the whole thing. Like that person is in porn for a very explicit reason because they have a vagina that looks one way. Not that, not saying all porn should be that way, but. Yeah. And I mean, when we start to actually look at the diversity of genitalia, we can see, you know, how different they can look within this kind of realm of what exists. And, you know, it's something like we just don't see it as much because it's under our clothes. And, um, and in our society, we wear clothes that always cover the genitalia. And so, um, we see people's faces every day, um, for the most part, I would say. <laughs> and when we see faces, we see like this variety of faces that have different shapes, faces that have different contours, faces that have, you know, different ratios, faces that have different, um, colors, different color, uh, eyes, different color eyebrows, like everything. And we start to grow accustomed to like, understanding, you know, the diversity of faces and like how all of these things are beautiful and all of these things are like what make people up. But I think it's just that we're not regularly exposed to this like wide diversity of genitalia. So it feels a little more mysterious. It feels a little more like I don't understand this. It feels a little more like how do I know what's quote normal and what's not because I don't have a lot of kind of data points to compare it to. Well, I mean, and I also think that uh, women uh, get a lot of negative messages about their sexual, like we talk about it pretty frequently on our show that women get so many negative message about messages about their sexuality, that they're dirty if they have sex, that if they want sex, they're a slut or a whore, like those kind of words, I think are all probably part of why this listener of the show submitted this question, right? Like she has probably received so many negative messages about her and her sexuality. And for a lot of women, the vulva and the vagina are kind of the focus or central point of their sexuality. If you have all of these negative messages and feelings and from the world around you, I mean, I think they're going to be focused on it. Um, so it looks weird. It smells weird. It grosses me out. Okay, so yeah, certainly it looks weird. Um, I think the smells weird thing, I mean, vaginas have lots of different smells, lots of, like every woman has her own kind of scent. Every trans man has his own scent, um, if he still has a vagina. Um, I, I think that the smell is is just a unique part of you. Now, if a vagina does smell bad, like if it smells like something rotten, if it smells like old baked bread kind of thing, there might be an infection, right? So if you think it really does smell bad, not weird, but bad, you might want to go to the doctor and have it checked out because it could be a bacterial infection. It could be a yeast infection. Um, If you're having unprotected sex with a partner and there's semen left behind inside of a vagina, um, it can slowly ferment and have a funky smell as well, right? So all of those are possibilities for it smelling weird, but- And that would be like- a change from what you're used to. Like you would have a noticeable change where you would say, oh, this doesn't smell like it usually does. Right. But vaginas are supposed to have a smell. 
That, yeah. That's it. I mean, they're not supposed to be a scent-free thing. Um, and if you think your vagina smells weird, vagina health tip 101, like do not buy special vagina sprays, do not buy vagina insertables. I mean, we I see them all the time whenever I'm in like the female health aisle at a grocery store or a, a pharmacy. There's like a hundred things that are supposed to make a vagina smell better. Do not buy those. Do not use those. Those are not for human consumption. Your vagina will hate you for <laughs> using them. They're bad. Like don't use yeah. scents. And the reason is because, you know, the vagina has a specific pH that it should stay at. And so when you put other things in the vagina, it affects the pH. And then like, that's actually how you can get infections. And so these products um, are not necessary and they actually can disrupt the vaginal health. So that's why we're saying you don't need these things to clean it up or to cover up a smell like that is um, absolutely unnecessary. Um, if you're having some like pain or itching, there are some like, uh, after seeing a doctor, of course, there are some like creams and things that you could put on to soothe or to kind of like help you feel fresh, like after a workout or something like that. But in general, we're not trying to clean up or cover up the vagina. It is doing its own job of making sure that it is balanced and healthy. So another thing that can happen uh, if you think your vagina has a very weird smell is it you should think about the kind of underwear you're wearing as well. Um, so there's lots of retailers that sell all kinds of uh, undergarments, panties for women um, that are made out of polyester, that are made out of plastics. They're real shiny and look lacy. What those are more likely to do, um, like Victoria's Secret tells all, sells all kinds of panties that are real shiny, plasticky. What they do is they hold moisture in, right? So you end up kind of just getting swamp ass or bio or like just because you're holding in all of the moisture, the vagina is also um, cleaning itself. And in the process of cleaning itself, there's a outflow, right? And there's a little bit of mucus. Mm -hmm. There's some bacteria, fungus. There's anything that's left behind after sex, extra lubricant. All of that is slowly um, released from the vagina, vagina to keep it clean. If you're wearing super tight plasticky, shiny underwear um, and if they're tied up against the vagina it holds all of it in so essentially you're creating an environment where all of that's just going to like blend together and slowly ferment or rot so don't wear and, plastic panties and that's the same with like leaving on um, wet underwear or leaving on a wet swimsuit too long as well it's just uh, trapping um that all of that in there. So you want to have like breathable cotton underwear that like allow for a little more airflow so that you are allowing your vagina that like space to breathe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we need to take a break. Um, we will be right back. I have, I have so many stories I want to tell and we're only on question one. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, everybody. As promised, I want to tell a story. Um, so I teach human sexuality classes at the university level, right? So these are students who uh, are usually from upper middle class backgrounds. And they're usually I, I teach in public health. So my students are usually kind of progressive minded and liberal. And they're f I mean, I, I, I teach about like, I don't hold back at all when I'm teaching about human sexuality. So <laughs> 
Um, I teach anatomy and physiology of reproduction, and I have male typical and female typical sections where I just talk about like, these are penises, these are vaginas. And on the day where I'd have like penis day, like students get a handout where they have like the internal structures, the external structures behind my head, I project up these giant like eight foot penises with like labels and I'm pointing to them and then I pass out models and students look at them and they have to lay... On penis day, students are just kind of like laugh and they're involved and they're excited to do it. Um, there's, there's like a small amount of reticence, like a small level of embarrassment, but there's nothing big that goes on. <laughs> um, about a week later or maybe two weeks later, we get into female reproductive anatomy or female typical reprodu- reproductive anatomy and physiology. And students are really uncomfortable, right? Male and female students who take my class just sit and they're like, oh, uh, and they don't know what to say. Um, And it's the same thing where they get a handout where part of it is the internal, part of it is the external structures. And then I project it on the screen behind me and students wince and pull away and want to cover their eyes whenever I'm showing the vulva or showing the internal structures of the vagina. It's just really crazy for me when I teach these classes that the inter or or like the kind of internalized misogyny uh, or vaginosomy. uh, That's not a real word. Um, (laughs) But Vagiscaredness. <laughs> That's the title of today's episode, Vagiscaredness. Um, but it's so uh, prevalent. And, and I, I mean, I just see it. It's like night and day between penises and vaginas, the way that people respond to images, the way that people respond to conversations. And I think a lot of that first question we got is that same kind of response where like there's that internalized fear or internalized dislike because there's so many negative messages about vaginas over people's lives. Just look at the words that people use to describe them. There are thousands, like if you just, if you go to urban dictionary, there are thousands of really kind of gross, nasty words that people have developed and used euphemisms for vagina. For penis, there are some funny ones There are some (laughs) ones like animals and snakes. There are some like kind of violent ones like daggers and guns, but like just the words and language that people use to describe vaginas versus penises are just so radically different. And I think that's really part of this conversation. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's so important for us to, I mean, I just want to like, first of all, like, call this out so that we can really start to shift it like this like we need to notice when people are um shaming body parts or you know talking negatively about them and and you know challenge it because i think that when we allow it to happen we're allowing that to be normalized and i think that that is you know it is very common for people to complain or to say that, you know, it smells weird or this looks weird or like, you know, and, and that just feeds into this overall thing about like, you know, us not liking our bodies and we need to stop and say, when, when this happens, say, Hey, look at what's happening here. And, um, and do that as often as possible with your friends, with yourself, um, so that we, we continue to start to shift these things. Mm. Speaking of shifting things, mm-hmm. I, I really like question number two. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about two. We won't talk about it for very long, um, but this is the question that came from a man where he said that vaginas mystify him. He doesn't understand his girlfriends and he wants to be a better boyfriend and better partner. What can he do? 
Thank you for submitting this question. I think this is a lovely question because it kind of takes the other two and flips them on their head because this is saying, I want to be better. I want to know more. I want to understand what's going on. Communicate, ask her, play. No, I mean, there's a lot of like really simple <laughs> things that you can do. Um, if you want to get better, uh, read actual stories or talk to actual women about what they want. Talk to perhaps your own sexual partner about what they like. Um, ask them to masturbate in front of you and show you what they like. Um, there's lots of information available on the internet where you can get better information about like, these are things that are better. But with each individual partner, like Spring said earlier, vagina, every vagina is a little bit different. With each partner you're with over your life, if you're with more than one, their vagina is also going to be different. Um, but I think like, other than communication, the pro tip is that most of the time, the clitoral stimulation is going to be needed for well, someone to really... Go ahead. Yeah. So what... The answer that you're giving here, Andrew, is you're talking about, so the question says, you know, vaginas mystify me. I don't understand my girlfriends. I want to be boyfriend. I want to be a better boyfriend. I want to be a better sex partner. And so like, you're talking about, you know, what she likes sexually, but like, I think that the broader question here is, I don't get this whole vagina thing. And I think that that's a very common, uh, you know, question, especially from males um, to say like, you know, I don't have one, like what happens in there? Like, what are all the things you do to it? Um, how are you like taking care of it? Like, and you know, I think that that's part of this question too, because he's saying vaginas mystify me. And I think that the issue here is that in heterosexual couples, um, women need to be a little more open in talking about their vagina and talking about, you know, their period and like what they're doing and like, uh, how they have to use tampons and how often they have to change them. And like, you know, uh, if they, if they feel like they got one lost inside and they were freaked out, like talk to your partner about it, like share these things because, um, it, it isn't nice to actually feel like you don't understand something. And so it is like through sharing and through kind of uh, talking about what you know about your body that you can start to help your partner feel more comfortable with you and your body as well. And that, that actually extends to sexuality and the sexual interactions, right? So like when you just feel more comfortable and you don't feel like, I don't know what this thing is. What, what happens in there? <laughs> like it actually makes it more comfortable and more, um, you're more able to explore things together when you feel safe, when you feel comfortable, when there's less mystery in the world. I think on our social media, um, we should post a quiz like women. What do you wish men knew about your vagina? We're going to do it. Yes. So uh, if you're not already following our social media, check out our Instagram. We're at the sex wrap. I'll mention it again at the end, but we're going to have that quiz up next week. So if you're a listener, write a response. If you're interested, we'll be posting a whole bunch of the responses and maybe we'll come back and talk about it uh, on next week's episode as well when we see some of those responses, because I think that'll be really yeah. fun. Yeah, um, yeah. No, but I think that's really good advice. Like, it, vagina is not just about sex. And the mystic part of it is that we have terrible education and we don't talk about it very much. And it's kind of hidden and it's kind of inside. And then it's surrounded by all of these scary things like birth and periods and 
by the way, <laughs> periods are not scary. And all of these normal things yeah. that are so amazing that are how life happens. Normal things, right? I mean, 51% of the population has a vagina and tons of those vaginas are having sex and having periods and having babies. What's not normal is imagining a period that or not, no, not imagining a vagina that's not doing any of those things. Yeah. It can also be pleasurable. They can be fun. Um, So I actually asked a whole bunch of my female friends before this episode about this question. And they said 99% of the time, their vagina feels like nothing's going on. And it's that (laughs) other 1% of the time when they're thinking about it or with somebody or having their period is when they really think about it. Right. So, and and that's pretty much what all of them said. Um, And it was a weird split. So the ones who are sex researchers, people like Spring, were like, I love my vagina. My vagina is the best. The other 50% are like, dude, you're why are you talking about my vagina with me? <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. So question two is really much broader about demystifying what vaginas are. And we've been talking a lot this episode. All of the stuff that we've been talking about is about demystifying. And every time we say vagina, we're working to demystify it as well. Um Yeah. So question three. I only like vaginas for sex. Periods and birth gross me out. I want nothing to do with them. My girlfriend (laughs) is mad at me for telling her this. Am I? Yes, you're the a-hole. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) If you are a heterosexually oriented person and you are with somebody who has a vagina and you're telling them that they are gross or that they're disgusting or that you want nothing to do with them when they're having a period. So, you know, approximately 20 to 25% of their life or birth, um, honey, get out. I mean, like if, if you were the woman in this relationship, dump them. Like my advice, I, mean, I got really angry when I saw this question, Spring's kind of looking at me right now, like, Andrew, calm down. I'll calm down. <laughs> I'm, um, not, I'm not actually. I, I'm i like, go ahead. This person's the asshole. <laughs> Just I, kidding. Like, you only, I think, I, I can't even talk right now. Okay, so you are objectifying people that you are having sex with. You are turning them into sex objects that are only there for your pleasure. All of those other parts of the vagina that are part of that person and part of that woman's life or trans men's life, you've effed up, right? Um, and I mean, I do have some... Re- I, I just want to say, yeah, we can't separate these things. Like the vagina does not exist as only a place to have sex, right? Like I am mother is- effing fleshlight. <laughs> yeah. If you want a vagina only for sex, you buy a toy vagina. If you want a real vagina to have sex with, then you have to take it as it comes, which is this whole amazing thing that does so much more and is designed to do so much more than to have a penis stuck inside of it. (laughs) In response to this question, I ask a lot of my male friends this same kind of question, like, what are you going to do? What do you think about what's going on with this? And I got some really interesting responses, not universal, but a whole lot of men are really mystified and confused. And because it looks different and it kind of smells different, when they're first down there at a vagina, they don't really know what they're doing and they feel awkward by it. And they... The, the, the piece of advice that they gave me is that like, you know what, you kind of have to put yourself into a headspace and like fake it till you make it. And even if it doesn't smell the way that you want, tell yourself it smells great. And even if it doesn't taste the way you want, 
tell them that it tell yourself that it tastes great. And even if you don't know what you're doing, saying like, I can get great at really liking a vagina. And what they said is that over time, they really learned to love it by telling themselves these really positive messages about helping their partner get off. Like, I'm really interested in my partner feeling pleasure and telling themselves that I really like this, even though it might be weird. That, that word weird, we need to get rid of it. it. Even though it's completely normal, right? But that's not how it's framed societally. I'm still really caught up on this person being a complete a-hole. But um, none of my friends, all of the people that I asked this question, we should make this another online poll, right? Um Yes, you're the a-hole. Yeah. But you cannot so, be the a-hole if you change the way that you are interfacing, talking, thinking about yourself and your partners. Sorry, Spring, go ahead. I know I've been ranting. Well, I mean, I wanted to talk about, like, sometimes some people's body chemistries aren't a great match between two people in, that are having sex. And sometimes... Um, uh, somebody's other genitalia will kind of just feel off to you, the smell or the kind of like scent their body has. And like that can mean that, you know, that's just not the best partner for you also. So I think, you know, there are times when, um, and that's just like differences in people's body chemistry and like that, that that's okay too. Like you don't have to love every single person's scent or, um, taste and, and, you know, there are variations in that as well. Um, but if it's a thing like where you're like all vaginas are smelly, then I think, you know, what Andrew is saying is they're not, you're just not used to the smell and you just haven't like, um, spent enough time smelling them. Right. To it. Have a smell. All balls yeah. have a smell. All bodies, yeah. except for mine, have a smell. So, <laughs> no, I mean, it, we're running out of time. I, I want to tell another story. Do I have time for another story? Um, it depends on how relevant it is. <laughs> uh, I will save this one because it is totally worth listening to. It's about women and birth control and smelling partners and what happens when they go off. But um, yeah, birth, if, I mean, if a woman's I, on hormonal birth control, how she like finds people attractive changes when she's on versus when she's off. That's it. But I'll, I'll, fin- right. I'll tell you the rest but of the story hormones, next time. Yeah, hormones affect all of this. And yeah, so I think, um, I mean, the main answer, I think, for this last question is that, you know, we never want to separate um, a piece of the body from the whole or separate a function of a body part from the whole because um, that is... From the whole. <laughs> yeah, from, from the W-H-O-L-E hole. Um, because that that is sexualizing, that is, um, you know, like breaking somebody down, that is, uh, it's really a negative thing to do to someone you wouldn't want it done to you. And um, we want to think of the body as a whole and all of these functions, you know, of the sexual body parts as like what they are and what they do. And, um, if you're upset by a function or by like a body specific part, then, then I think there's a little work to be done in like figuring out why that's so upsetting to you and how you can start to shift that. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, 
So we could talk about this for hours, um, but I think <laughs> this is a good ending point. Um, do we, we should have had a period today, but instead we have tips. It would have been a fun end to a Virginia if, episode having a period. period is some tips today, yeah. Yeah, um, just the tip. Okay, so my tip is um, that I just want to like spread more positivity and specifically like body positivity and like, and not focusing on the body though, like as something that we need to um, have like be the main thing. So I want to say that everybody that you come in contact with try to compliment something. Um, and I would actually say don't compliment their body because this is like everybody is beautiful and we're not focusing on the body. So compliment someone's eyes, compliment their outfit, compliment their intellect, compliment their bravery, like compliment something um, on everybody that you come in contact with and see how far you can go with it. And I think, you know, that is like, first of all, we're taking away attention from what society is trying to tell us is the most important thing. And we're also spreading this positivity. And when you spread it secretly, it's really good for you. You're, you actually make yourself feel better. Like there's a little bit of a selfish reason to actually do this. Like, yeah, you'll make other people feel better, but guess what? You're going to feel better. And that's, that's my tip for the day. Oh, that tip is so good compared to mine. Hello. My tip is another rant. Okay. So I used to tell people to go see the vagina monologues all the time, because if you don't know what they are, the Evensler came up with the vagina monologues. They're this really interesting, uh, positive view of vaginas and all of their functions and sizes and shapes and colors and smells. And it works to normalize all of them as something lovely, beautiful, wonderful, excellent, human, perfectly human. It's out of date. It needs to be updated. It really needs to be updated with better music and better lighting effects and perhaps modern memes. And anyway, if you're a writer out there and you love vaginas as much as me in spring and you've seen the vagina monologues and you agree with us, you let me know and we can start working on updating it to something that I could send, you know, like 17, 16 year old people to where they would really identify with what was going on because it because it just needs a little it needs a little bit of love. The vagina monologue. Yeah, I love the and yeah. I used to be in the vagina monologues when I back when I was in college. Um, I love them, and yeah, I think also um, it's time for some new ones. It's time to like get some modern vag stories out there. So, I think that's about it. So, uh, if you have any questions or you want any follow up, oh, I have a shout oh, out. Oh, there's a shout out. I want to do a shout out to Aquafina. Aquafina is an amazing actress, comedian. I love her. Um, she has the song My Vag, which she very bravely um, put out, you know, when she was not even uh, in a secure job or space to do that. I listened to an in-depth interview with her about that. It's so, so interesting. But um, she's one of those people that, you know, she's like spreading that message, like, talk about vaginas, like, let's get to it. She has a new movie out right now. That's also like very brave and beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, our shout out for today. Congratulations. Aquafina. I thought you were talking about like water. 
Pepsi's bottled water. I was like, that is a weird, like stay hydrated, everybody. Your vagina needs you to stay hydrated. No, okay. (laughs) We'll post a link to the song as well. Um, So thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions or want any follow-up from this, uh, feel free to contact us. You can reach us via email. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. You can reach us by phone. We're at 413-I-RAP-IT. And then you can... If you already haven't checked out our social media, you should check it out. Um, but we're at The Sex Wrap on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.